0: Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show, and we're really glad to be with you. We like to think of ourselves as the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And I think if I could rewrite that phrase, I might say one million, because we have a lot of people that need to wake up. But along those lines, and trying to help us wake up, we have one of our economic consultants here on the Common Sense Show, Robert Kudla. He has joined us. He's from TradeGeniusAcademy.com, and uh, we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But he's agreed to come on, and we're going to talk about china we're going to talk about some political events tied into the market and we're going to talk about current events in general and what it means to you financially so you may want to get your pencils ready might want to take notes and this is one of those interviews you're probably going to have to listen to twice to extract the information you're looking for bob thanks for joining us i'm really glad you could be with us here on the common sense show today
1: Always a pleasure, Dave. It's
0: great to have you. Well, we've got a lot going on. Um, I-, I think the place to start, because there's so much in the news and they occupy so much of our discussion, is China. China and everyone says oh china's this big juggernaut we need to be afraid of them quake in your book boots chinese billion and a quarter people they're going to outproduce us and dominate us and we'll all be speaking chinese in a generation and that's not the case at all is it
1: no uh you know china is um is is the proverbial paper tiger so a lot of people don't realize that um that China because their, their system is so opaque they make our Federal Reserve look like a uh, you know like a, a Boy Scout jamboree and you know openness and hugs and uh, they they have the best best understanding right now is that they have three hundred and thirty or three hundred and forty percent of GDP in debt and they have the corruption. That they experience, and what they do is they lend into each other. So you got these local governments that have been lending out to the developers. Basically, they're building up, they're building up their support systems, and and what happens is they just built all these things that are meaningless for the for the well being of the country on the long term basis. So mm-hmm. they're essentially broke and they're running out of dollars. The other thing is that they've totally and completely polluted their country and they have their water and their air is is, is basically disgusting Yes. and they have uh, not enough uh, energy domestically produced and not enough food domestically produced and so they had and then their Achilles heel is that they're a a huge what they call mercantilist or export nation And, and Trump went ahead and he just basically tipped over the sandbox and so they have nowhere to go with all this excess capacity they create it yet they still need to import to uh, have their their economies continue to run and so now they're at a point now where they you know they're probably i always say they're one bad winner away from regime change that's how that's how fragile they are right now
0: that's interesting does that have anything to do with their hyper aggressiveness with regard to what's coming in hong kong or what looks like is coming
1: yeah, you know, Hong Kong is a, is a little different animal. I think what happened there is that um, they were caught a little off guard. They, they, I think they, you know, the, the problem with, you know, totalitarian dictators is they, they never expect people to push back. And so if they could make these decrees anywhere in China and people would immediately fall in line. Mm-hmm. But they forgot that Hong Kong's not China. And, and the people push back. And then the people explode it in anger and china didn't know what to do with it or how to do with it and it's a problem for the chinese because hong kong is kind of their window on the world to be able to move capital in and out of their out of their system because they keep their 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 capital controlled you know it's hard to get money in and out of the out of the country but hong kong's kind of like that relief valve and then all of a sudden now they're blowing up their gold mine and so they don't know what to do with hong kong and and they know if they went in there strong arm this thing that that they're in um they're deep weeds internationally yes but xi has such a high opinion of himself that that he, he can't back down so they they, they got themselves into a, a sticky wicket here if you will
0: i i couldn't agree with you more uh they're they're consumed with their own arrogance. But on the other side of the coin, these people absolutely have very little ability to carry out the brutal type of crowd suppression tactics they used in Tiananmen Square, because I, I agree with you, the rest of the world's not going to tolerate it, and it'll do further damage to their economy with sanctions outside the United States that are becoming.
1: Yeah, they'll just give Trump an excuse to say, you know, we're not going to trade with you at all until you fix this. Yeah, that's... Yeah,
0: they're, and, they're, you know, you're right. and, and they're in a really bad, bad way. How does this affect our economy? And more importantly, how does it affect the average person listening to our broadcast today?
1: Well, I mean, assuming that Trump gets his way, so is, there's, there's some short-term potential shortages in some areas of of, um, of intermediate goods and some, some consumer goods, some short-term higher costs until the supply chains are broken. And then you'll see those things move to Mexico, uh, uh, Vietnam, India, so on and so forth. And so that's on the good news side. The, the, the area that you're seeing a lot of this pressure, and you're probably seeing, and, and maybe we'll talk about these repos that the central bank's been doing here, basically handing out handing out money for uh, to these banks is is that China is desperately short of dollars. And so they're selling everything they can around the world right now. So they're putting a fire sale on, but the, do- the price of the dollar keeps going up higher. And eventually a-, a higher dollar causes our exporters to have issues. So the Federal Reserve's gonna have to come in and try to tamp that down. Their first move on here is all these repos to try to get, to flood the world with more dollars so they can stabilize the dollar, number one. And then number two is they'll, then they'll start lowering the interest rates again. So it's going to be some short-term pain, long-term gain.
0: Well, I, yeah, I've noticed that over the past several days, the Federal Reserve has jumped on repos. And so let, let's get into, again, help us understand how this relates to the economy, specifically to individuals, and, and also how it relates generally to, to China.
1: Yeah, well, the thing that people need to on the on the let's be worried side is that we're pushing more dollars into the uh, into the banking system than we did in 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're doing more in 10 days than we did in the entire financial crisis of 20, 2008. So somebody is in big troubles, and my view is it's because they, they won't tell you. It's not an American bank. Okay, I'll explain that to you in a second. It's it's definitely a it's definitely a European bank or banks, and it's and it's it's definitely a Chinese bank. Okay, and because they they don't have the cash, and so they're selling all their assets they have and the assets that they can push basically lease into the Federal Reserve. They're doing that, and and we may never see that we may never see that cash come back. It may we may have those things on our books until they until they expire and 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 germany has their banks are in trouble so there could be a tipping point here dave where um a bank blows up all right and we get up we get it becomes visible that will scare the hell out of everybody and so that's one thing people have to keep in mind here something's not right
0: I'd, I'd like have,
1: to make federal a guess.
0: Bob, I'd like to make a guess. And it's just speculation on my part, but I have some reasons behind this guess. HSBC Bank. Yep. You think that's a possibility?
1: Yeah, I think it's the probability. I think I think the and the reason why I think that too is that the Chinese around the world have been selling assets. They've been selling all their American properties. Yeah. They've been selling properties around the world, and and also they contacted all of their top businesses that have international, um, international locations and had a talking to. Them. And I'm sure they're saying, bring those dollars home and get them into the into yeah. the country because we don't have enough dollars to cover our bills. And so yeah, so China's bankrupt, and that'll be a. That would be a momentous earthquake day because in 2008, you know, we could say that you know, Pulse and all those guys saved the world. That's all garbage. The Chinese saved the world because they basically, they basically just turned on their printing press and they created a market for 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 everybody. And this time, China's out of the game. They they they've blown up, and Germany's out of the game. They've blown up, and there's there's historical precedent here. These mercantilist nations like Germany and Japan and China are export oriented. Well, 20, in 1929, America was China, Dave. Okay.
0: by calling Noble Gold at 877-646-5347.
1: So we know China can't get out of this trap. The good news for us in the United States is we're like Great Britain, all right? Great Britain went through the Great Depression relatively unscathed. And because they were just like us, they had running a budget deficit, they were running a current account uh, deficit, and they were running a trade deficit. Well, guess what? When you trade less, okay, more of of the production is happening domestically. And that means your people stay employed. In fact, in London, the price of homes went up in London during the Great Depression, okay? nowhere else could say that. And that's why I always tell people when they ask me about this stuff, oh, we're going to be just like we were in 29. No, we're not. China's going to be like us in 1929. Germany's going to be like us in 1929. We're going to be like Great Britain. And I'm not saying it's going to be all clovers and And milk and honey. What I'm saying is that we have the capacity to basically just close our borders down, Dave, and and operate within a, a tighter trade arrangement, and we'll be just fine.
0: I've heard the same thing from someone who used to be a senior VP at HSBC Bank and went to the whistleblower route. And let me tell you what else I found out. One person from ICE and one from DHS. And when you hear the same story two days apart... You have to say there's probably some credibility. HSBC tipped off John Cruz, who used to be their senior, one of their senior VPs, and he tried to go to law enforcement back in the early 2000s about their criminal activity for money laundering, for child sex trafficking, the cartel drug running, and so forth, and he was rebuffed at the highest levels. And then eventually, the uh, uh, it was Loretta Lynch, before she was AG and she was the head of the New York Eastern Division of the Federal Prosecution there, she took them on but only slapped their wrist. No one went to jail. Well, this is what I've learned, that DHS uh, is has knowledge of DEA and ICE interdictions, and they're cracking down heavily on the illicit trafficking that HSBC Bank is associated with. And I understand if you can't comment, but this is why I guessed HSBC Bank because I was told it would directly affect their bottom line and the ability to get liquid for a lot of their loans.
1: Well, it's not just them. You just saw today that the uh, the ex president uh, CEO of Danske Bank uh, was found dead in Estonia.
0: Yes, I did see yes. that,
1: and and it went right back to Deutsche Bank. And and look, these are these banks are just basically got sovereign criminal enterprises and uh you know not that we don't have our own but but those two are are definitely uh you know i'm sure i'm sure the french bank p and not parabish uh um, one of the french banks is also they don't care they're all about they're all about how do i make money uh i'll deal with when i get caught when i get caught and you know like they just caught the uh JP Morgan silver bankers uh, that were manipulating gold and silver. So these guys are all about the uh, all about the Benjamins, as they say, and and they don't care about morality or or fair play. They only care about vacuuming in as many dollars as they can.
0: Well, along the lines of what you're also saying. com. that's waterwithdave.com save $80 for a short time Um, I want to take it to a national level I've I speculated six years ago that Germany one day might let's put it this way become neutral between NATO and Russia or maybe even flip sides because Russia controls so much of their natural gas and other resources I, is that playing into this at all?
1: I don't know if it plays into this directly now, but definitely, definitely, the only alliance in the world that would I would fear at all would be if Germany and Russia decided to team up. Yes, you know German yes. engineering and, and, and manufacturing prowess with with Russian what I would call their intellectually, you know, the, the really smart people and their natural resources would be formidable. And so, um, but, you know, the Germans and the Russians don't have, there's not a lot of love lost between them when you get down below the, uh, the uh, royalty level, if you will. So, right. but they definitely, they definitely compromised uh, Germany. So, that's for sure. I agree with you 100%.
0: Yeah, it it is an area for concern. And so when you brought that up about this unknown banking interest, then my mind went to those two areas. And uh, there certainly is a changing of the guard going on because of what's happening. If China really goes belly up economically, because you made the analogy of 1929 American style, um, you said we have the ability to close our borders and basically tighten down economically, and we'll be okay. And I agree with you. But what about the rest of the world?
1: Um, you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I, I think we're we're going to create a. It looks like I call it the Anglo Plus Two kind of trade pact. You know, it's going to be New Zealand, Australia, Canada, United Kingdom, United States and then you're going to have mexico as part of that and then you're going to have japan as part of that and um you know and then i think that'll be the trading block we may loop in brazil because then we'll have a lock on all the food in the world but uh i think that's what's going to be the pact and uh, we're going to freeze everybody else out and all these countries you know um are, we, we see the world similarly you know, Japan has some of their issues And Mexico has some of their issues But we need both of them too And I think that's what we're going to see happen And then I think you're going to see everything devolve into blocks Okay, I think Europe plus Russia will get yeah. together Middle East will be combined together And uh, you know, Asia is going to be a mess And you know what Trump and Modi If it's going to happen if Trump gets reelected. Next six or seven years, we'll have a very tight relationship with India, and I consider India one of the Anglo's because you know obviously the United Kingdom uh, ran them for a couple hundred years. So India may be part of that too. If that block gets together, Dave, then then you're, you, you know you're going to see some really you'll see some really crazy geopolitics. That would be a a bipolar world that you want to be on the United States side of things for sure.
0: Well, I got a bipolar rev- revelation that I'm making tomorrow. I have the video evidence to prove what I'm about to tell you. And because you have a military background and not you're just not an accomplished economist, but you have a military background as well. I want to get your reaction to this. I have video of war games that took place between September 17th and 21st and it included Russia and China, no surprise Argentina, no surprise but India and Pakistan it's like the Hatfield and the McCoys and they're all marching before they go off to their little war games and they're marching together India and Pakistan, Bob (laughs) what do you make of this?
1: Uh, well, I don't know from a macro standpoint is that the, uh, there's no love loss between the uh, uh, the people of India and the people of Pakistan. Right. Okay. And, and so this might be something ta- more tactical, but I think on a long term basis, there's no way India would jeopardize a relationship with the United States because they, they view China so warily and they view Pakistan, you know, as the same way. Because remember, pakistan's on their border with nukes okay sure and they and they have a religion that that the hindus despise okay and people don't realize in india you know the the, the there was muslim rulers over much of india uh in, during the uh you know we would call our middle ages period of time and so the the hindus were suppressed that doesn't get a lot of press you know the Taj Mahal is a Muslim palace. I don't think people even realize that. And uh, and so they, they had a lot of control over India for a long time. And so they're, they're, there's history there. Just like in the Balkans, there's history with the Turks, okay? So, you know, I think anything that they were doing was would, would obviously something of tactical in nature, but I cannot see India and Pakistan uh, getting along at all. Zero, And China, too. I don't see China
0: and India getting along, although we know Chinese have forces inside of Pakistan. They've established a base. Oh, yeah, for sure. but, But India, no, I totally agree with you. So do you see why I'm scratching my head with the irrefutable video evidence I have of them all drilling together? It's almost like maybe Trump sent India said, yeah, go play in those war games and then get back to us and tell us what's going on.
1: Yeah, I don't know. i have to look into it. I, I, I know that they're going to do war games into the Gulf, too, okay? Yes. Where, where Russia and China and Iran are going to do uh, some freedom of navigation stuff, too. So things are getting... Um Things are getting very interesting.
0: Do you think this will de-evolve the world conflicts right now? And when you throw Venezuela in and all those forces associated, do you think this is going to be like the BRICS nations versus the Western bankers? Do you think the next war could fall along those lines?
1: Well, um, for sure, the um, the BRICS don't. Um, well, I can't say that because everybody's tied into the uh, American system except. You know russia balking and china saying whatever you know but uh i think you'll see you'll see the split along along those lines i think you'll see you know iran and russia and china you know try to form something outside the swift system and then try to bring people along well China's bribed 80 nations right now dave so to bring them into their orbit yeah. you know somebody somebody kind of called it the they called it cartel asia okay under china And then you got Cartel America and you got Cartel Europe. That's kind of how things are starting to break down.
0: Interesting. Well, that's really interesting the way it's laying out. Well, I want to go back to the repos for a second and leave the geopolitics behind a little bit. I want to get into what are these surging repos by the Federal Reserve? I'm sitting out here and I'm John Q. Public. Should I be concerned about this? W- what does it mean for the stock market? What does it mean for the safety of the money in the bank account that I have? Can you address that?
1: Yeah, so if you're American, I wouldn't worry too much about money in your bank account, okay? Because the American banks were required uh, from 2008 to to have 30 days of cash in, even under a dire uh, redemption environment, okay? And they have. And that's what would have caused some of the issue because some of the other banks wouldn't engage in swapping with these banks. Now, if you're in Europe and Asia, I'd be really afraid. Okay, you probably want to you probably want to get the cash. You probably want to get into dollars. Okay, you don't want to get into euros. You don't want to be in yen. And and well, you might want to be in yen because yen's been uh, a carry trade. But you don't have you don't want to be in anything. The Chinese need to get out of yuan as fast as they can, and they've been trying like heck to do that. So that's that. Now, if they can't throw enough money at this problem, you got to realize these derivatives, somebody probably blew up a bet, Dave, okay, that we haven't seen yet. So with these derivatives is that they dwarf anything anybody could cover, including our central bank. And when those go sky high, Dave, that they daisy chain across the whole world, and basically the, the entire financial system would go lock limit insolvent, and and so, well, people need to pay attention. If a German bank or an Asian bank that is of significance goes under, get your money out of the bank. Only keep in what you absolutely have to keep in, okay? Because the it, the whole system may freeze up, ATMs may go down. Now, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. I'm suggesting that if something, if you see a bank go out, okay, in Europe, you see a bank go out in in Asia that you recognize the name, then something's happening. Look, they're scared. They're pumping almost a trillion dollars in cash into the system, Dave. That's a problem, okay? That's a huge problem. After the day before, the Fed told us at at their meeting that everything was just fine. We only need a quarter point rate reduction because of this, because of that, yada, yada, yada. The very next day, they drop a $75 billion repo in And they said, that should do it. And then they turn around and say, we're gonna do it for the next 20 days. And oh, by the way, it's gonna be unlimited. And oh, by the way, we're not expecting them to pay it all back by the 10th of October. So it could be under a certain term period of time. And so that tells me somebody was off sides on a bet. I mean, a huge bet. And, And they're basically selling all their assets, not selling, they're basically pledging all their assets to the central bank to get dollars because they have to pay off in dollars. And if they can't do it, we'll see it. We'll know. We'll know by the 10th or 15th of October if that bet blew up. Dave,
0: hmm. that makes me a little nervous.
1: Yeah, it should. I mean, look, these guys are just crooks, and uh, and they did it again. And and they were they had their protection racket with the congresses of, around the world. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'm quite a little cold. And they um, and now they. We're going to get, we're going to get screwed in the process, but you do what you have to do. So, you know, we talked about this before. You want to be positioned in, even if you have to stay in the stock market, you want to be positioned in things that will absolutely rocket in value in those situations. Okay. Those are things that are going to be owners of precious metals. Okay. Gold, silver, platinum, palladium. Okay you know and those are miners you want to own those because they have things in the ground on a lesser scale is you know energy will probably do okay mm-hmm. you know unless the whole world grinds down but anything that you could trade this that 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 is um, a hard asset will eventually come back the fastest okay things like any company that doesn't make any money you better not be in it and if you're if you're sitting in, in funds that are in ETFs and stuff like that they're all going to get disintegrated so you want to be owners of the stocks themselves. I'm not talking about the stock certificates. I'm talking about have your money in the stocks, don't have them in the ETFs, because what'll happen is, as ETFs get redemptions, they have to start selling like crazy, and so you want to have money and you want to have money in gold miners, silver miners, precious metal, uh, palladium, and platinum. There's great stocks out there that are available that uh, we share with our. Our people. In fact, I sent you one over the, the trade we're doing in platinum. Right, have been right. just amazing, and it's just a it's just a stock. Is That's that the really, one that
0: we went up thirty seven percent last month?
1: Yeah, thirty three trades, thirty seven percent. We're right. we're in and out of that thing in, in twenty days. Incredible. And I we've mean, done I, that. I looked at those numbers all year, Dave. What's that?
0: Yeah, I talked about this on one of my broadcasts. I, I talked about the numbers, and I said, these numbers are fantastic. And, and so are you telling us that even in a down economy, even if things go south because a key bank is going to go under, there's still ways to position to make money?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know, you could trade on the short side, but not look, and it doesn't look like you're short. So we show people how to do that, too. And it's all within the stock market itself. Nothing exotic. And we can help people, uh, you know, navigate that. But, you know, you and I have been talking now for years, and I've been saying for a year now, look, the stock market, the economy and the stock market are two different animals. The economy is doing fine at the moment. And this whole recession talk, I think, I think it's Democrats trying to talk the market down. Sure. But, you know, at least where I, where I, where I live is, is that we can't find good employees. I mean, we're talking $50,000 a year jobs are going begging. Okay. Yeah, you see a restaurant when
0: you eat out. You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah. You so don't let yeah. But the stock market's overvalued. Okay, it's it's overvalued and and it has gone really nowhere two years, Dave. So so I always tell people just get into cash. You know, if I'm wrong, it's going up five percent. If I'm right, it's going down fifty, and uh, then you can buy back in. And the thing is. If this bank blows up, you may only have a couple days to react, okay? Before this thing starts to cycle through, because you'll get the you'll get all the people out there the uh, this the soothing voices come on and say, "Oh, this thing is contained." If you ever heard the word, "This thing is contained," yes, run, okay? And uh, we've seen this movie before. We're not stupid. This happened to us before. They, they, they can't they can't pull the wool over us twice, and so. But you can be in the right things. You know, you can be in things that are going to go up. You know, coming out of the great financial crisis, you know, gold, silver, and the miners went up 800%, okay? And and that'll happen again. So you want to be positioned in things that are going to react positively to this pressure. If, and then you yeah. want to short things that will go down.
0: If you're looking at um, your your investments, your investment portfolio, how much are you recommending on a percentage basis that people invest in these precious metals?
1: You know, uh, you know, I think it's always—it's just common sense. Well, I'm on the common sense show. Let's talk common sense. <laughs> okay. You, you can't—you can't overweight these things too much. You know, you know, if if, if you have something that's going to go up 400 percent, and you have 10 percent of your portfolio in it, okay.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, right now, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code
1: Hodges. Pretty good, all right, in a year's time. So, you know, if, I would say, look, I would be 10, 20%. You know, unless you're a speculator like I am, I can go in heavy because I can wake up the next morning to be in cash, all right? So, um, you know, 10 to 20% for sure. And and uh, and then you want to you want to get ten to twenty percent out of the market at a minimum, and you want to have uh, you know you want to have ready cash, and you probably want to believe it or not get into bonds. The the, the U.S. Treasury market is going to be a recipient of this disaster, okay? And uh, you'll you'll see you'll see the bond yields go down to nothing, and that means if you bought a bond, Dave, at two percent, and it goes to one percent. People don't realize that you just doubled your money. You could sell that bond to somebody else, and you will get double what you paid for it. Okay, because that's how bond prices work. They work inverse of the yield. And 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 one thing that people didn't notice the this last Fed meeting, they took away the zero bound thing and they called it the lower bound thing. That means they took the bot they took the bottom constraint off of the conversation because they may they may need to go negative because there might be so many people trying to clamber for bonds, that bonds may temporarily go negative, and that happened in 2008. And if you're positioned right away, and you have money in these bonds, like TLT is the one I'm referring to, is that if that thing doubles on you, in 2008 it doubled. You know, people lost half their value, people in bonds doubled their value. There's people came out of that 2008 smelling like a rose, and we want people to be positioned so that they can could, they could be in good shape when that happens, and then we'll be watching when you get out of that trade but we're going to make sure that people make money during this crisis
0: and you said that people should be in cash Uh, what percentage of their um, holdings should be in in cash where they store it somewhere
1: oh you mean out of the banking system Uh well i have you know i i have recommended in the past you know at least 30 days to 60 days if you could swing it if you can't swing it i would make sure you have enough to get through two or three weeks of not talking about paying bills that cash is used to feed your family okay yeah. and uh, and so we're talking about you know uh, an event that may cause you know two three four week disruption so when i'm talking about how much 60 days worth of cash i'm talking about take your grocery bill okay double it and then times it by eight and that's how much cash you should always have hidden away in a safe and secure place.
0: L- let's go through that again I I guarantee people are reaching for their pencils right now. Okay, so you said take take your grocery bill for a month, right?
1: Right. Times it okay. by two. Okay. And if well then if it's a the month then multiply it by two.
0: Okay. So in other words you've Six. got sixty days right, worth correct. of food. Yeah.
1: Yeah um, and, and, and right and you should always have anyway, you should have two to three weeks of food on hand anyway.
0: So. Well, yeah, the, the experts are saying, well, the government, FEMA and DHS tells us we should have six months of storable food. Um, and and yeah. the, a lot of the preppers are saying, well, that's not enough if you have a big crisis. Um, so if these banks go down, I, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but are we talking about the end of everything financially? Are we talking about there will be a short-lived trauma? Um, what would you anticipate?
1: D- Dave, this is when your jubilee shows up.
0: Really? Are you talking debt repudiation?
1: Yeah. It would have to be because the they won't be able to pay back any of the debts from the bankers, right? So um, so they, they you know, they they can't make the people pay if they're not gonna pay. So that you know and you got a guy like Trump sitting out there and saying, Hey, look, I've declared bankrupt before. You know what I mean? I understand how this process works. I'm bringing in Judy Shelton. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna clear the decks and we're gonna go we're gonna clear the decks and we're gonna we're gonna go gold. All right. Wow. Oh by the way, banks, you're not you're not in the derivatives game anymore. Okay, banks, you're not in the uh, fractional lending game anymore, you know, and, and we'll go back to where we were in the uh, in the eighteen hundreds where where the deposits are backed by gold and or silver
0: i would so bow down people. on my knees to trump if he did that
1: <laughs> if he yeah, did I'm, what you're I'm talking about, about. He's, in power. he's in power now but he, he he's a gold guy and uh, you know uh, and you know they've been they've been stretching this thing out but look look the europeans don't care anymore it looks like it, put it this way Dave nobody cares anymore you notice that the chinese are spending like there's no tomorrow yeah. the europeans went negative they're spending like there's no tomorrow Right? United States, we don't even have budgets anymore, Dave. We have these continuing resolutions that we just keep adding on the debt. It's like they all know, okay, that this thing's gonna blow up and we're just gonna all just wash our hands from it. And in the meantime, we're gonna we're gonna pretend everything is okay. You know, and uh so that's what I'm thinking, and I think that's why in the last ten years you saw the central bankers all buying gold. All right, China buying gold. I think we've I think we let the Chinese buy gold while we suppress gold prices in the United States, okay? And so, and then, you know, and in the Middle East, they've always bought gold, all right? So, you know, I'm not a tinfoil hat guy, but, you know, I'm trying to put the piece parts together because I know, I know math, and I know we can't pay the debt back.
0: Yeah, I know that too. All right? there's Just the and credit swap derivatives alone, we yeah, can't pay back. Yeah, right.
1: You're, sorry, I cut you off.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah, right. So this is like, an, you're giving me about three epiphanies at the same time. And, and I guarantee you, people are going to listen to this interview twice and they're going to go back and take notes on what we're saying. Um, I, I, I just got to say this, Rob. I've talked to enough people who are associated with the things you do in the last week that you're kind of giving me a roundup of all the things I've already been told. It's incredible. How you've put this all together, and now you're helping me connect the dots. And to the listening audience, you got to listen to this twice because what Bob is saying here, I've heard bits and pieces in different economic sectors, and it's all coming together. So I got to imagine that this is your ability to put together and connect the dots is why your investors last month on those three trades that you sent me made 37% in one month let's talk about the performance of trade genius and how you're taking advantage of all this.
1: Yeah. So I also sent you our, our, um, our track record. And over the last 22 months God. that, uh, you know, we, uh, we've been keeping the d- detailed logs of, of all the trades is, is that, um, you know, we're averaging 10% gain per trade. We're in our trades for an average of, of a week. And, um, and so and two out of three of our trades make money. So what that means is that when we have trades that lose money, we get out of them pretty quickly. And the trades that make money, we let them run, which is what you're supposed to do. And, and then we don't play in the penny stock world. These are, these are all companies that you would recognize the name of. And what we do is we have an algorithm that tells us when things should be bought and when things should be sold. And, and we listen to it. And it gives us buying pressure and selling pressure. We, we, we're definitely trade with the trend kind of traders. And, and then we look for anomalies, where the move, what we call it, is too far, too fast. And then you look for a snapback. And those are the trades that we share with people. And this last week was just indicative of what we did. We, we had six trades, five won, one lost and, and uh, we we performed at our normal average and, and that's typically what we do and so we provide a really nice a nice environment for people to trade we have trading rooms open 24 7 we provide trade signals and then we also have this software that we actually give people access to it as well they can trade things on their own they can modify the uh the, the settings and parameters to suit their particular risk tolerances and they can look for trades on their own. And And then we also have training and and coaching as well. And it doesn't matter if you have a small account, I would say probably 60, 70% of our, our clients are fairly new to trading and we, we definitely get them out of bad habits and get people into good habits haven't started trading yet and then also just guide them into really sound principles of of trading and then leading on our signals until they get themselves onto their feet.
0: So they're saying, okay, Bob knows all this about the economy. As people are doing really well in Trade Genius, how do I get started, and is this a good time to get started? What would you say to those questions?
1: Well, it's always a good time because one of the most satisfying things in trading is that you're in control of your money, and there's always a bull market. There's always a bull market in the stock market, no matter how good or bad things are. There's always something going up. And, and also, you can trade with very small amounts of money and, and and grow your portfolio over time. And so if you go to tradelikeagenius.com, Dave, we put together bundles for your listeners, uh, really good deals. And we're going to keep those prices available to the um, uh, Saturday evening, midnight. What day and, is that?
0: And that's take the, let me look here on my calendar, Bob. I want to make sure we get this right, because I'm going to get asked. Saturday night is the 29th, correct?
1: The, uh, I, well, today's the 25th. I always uh, get messed up here. So uh, it's, um, I think, uh, is it Monday the Monday's the 30th? So I think 20, Saturday night, 28th.
0: Okay, so Saturday night, yeah. the
1: 28th. Yeah, you, made me, you had to make me think. I know numbers, not dates, Dave.
0: I understand. I understand. No okay. kidding. Okay. So this is this is really a great deal. And, uh, what, what I have here from our mutual contact, Ian, he sent me over a couple of things. Uh, one, you're offering 40% off the non-bundled items with the coupon code FALL. And uh, folks, you need to mention my name, too, Dave Hodges. You need to let the good people at Trade Genius know. And you have exactly, um, well, we're doing this interview Wednesday afternoon on the later side. We will have this up before the end of... Of the night before we get to midnight tonight, so you'll have by the time you hear this, you'll have about two days to react, three days most. So, uh, yeah, that's it's a quick turnaround. Uh, So this deal is not going to be with us very long. So, again, that's – so, Bob, let me restate this for our audience. 40% off the non-bundled items. These are the education items. And, see, it's not just education. See, you're going to get some guidance in there. You've heard all the things they do. And then you're also got until Saturday. You have to use the coupon code FALL, F-A-L-L, to take advantage. And you should mention my name when you talk to these people. Um, This is – Wow. I mean, all I can say is, uh, you, you never fail to amaze me. It's kind of like the sun is always up somewhere in the world, just like there's always a good market somewhere in, in the market. So um, you, you've done a great job for your people. I've seen all the, the income reports, and I'm hearing from people, too. They really like what you do, Bob, and you're doing a great service. Let's just hope that China doesn't decide to pull out the guns. And I'm not worried about that. I mean, we've talked about that before. Uh, China. China is a paper tiger, no question about it. Um, okay, so I think I think we got what we need, Bob. Um, anything we want to close
1: on? No, I think we covered it. It's going to be a really interesting fall. So uh, uh, strap in and uh, remember you know, you you, you be you take charge to let events take charge of you.
0: Exactly. Okay, well, Bob, thank you for joining us here. This has been a most informative discussion, and you've left our listeners with a great opportunity here, and I appreciate that.
1: Thanks, Dave. Have a great day.
0: Take care. Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? bit of a nightmare for most people, and the holidays are a great time to reflect, especially on those who helped us get through it. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control? Knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available. And that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container, you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.